Good morning. Welcome to Journey in Our Church. We so appreciate you choosing to meet with us this morning. This is our foyer. If you've been in Pine City for any length of time, you would know that this building used to be the Pine City Laundromat. A dedicated and talented team transformed this space into our foyer. There's actually an amazing story of how God provided it, but we won't get into that right now. Just know that God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. This is one of my favorite rooms in our building. We serve coffee and treats here each Sunday. More importantly, this room is a great place to connect with other people. We don't want you just to attend our church. We want you to belong. We want you to be part of our family. Family does life together, the highs and the lows. We celebrate our milestones and our accomplishments, and we grieve over our losses together. Today, we're going to do both. First, we're going to celebrate our class of 2020 graduates. This is such an exciting time in their lives. And then we will take a solemn pause to reflect on those who gave the ultimate sacrifice as we honor our fallen heroes from Memorial Day. We will cap off the morning with a challenge in God's word to become transformed people who love Jesus. So, welcome home. Let's get started by honoring our 2020 graduates. Of the many names used to describe Jesus, there's two of them that really resonate with me uh, uh, pretty frequently. Uh, the first one is King, and it just sits so right with me. I can picture Jesus on his throne, full of majesty and, and power and glory, just smiling over his creation. Um, oh, it's such a good image. I love it. And the other, other word I love it uses to describe Jesus is shepherd, because I, I've felt it a lot lately. There's places where I shouldn't be, things I shouldn't do, um, bones that break that shouldn't break, and bruises and scars that are there, and that they can be hard. But I think through all of that, Jesus is a caretaker. He holds her hand. Um, he cries with us. He cheers for us. And um, the song says it all. So. Awesome foolish I have strayed, but yet 
inside of me And I'm shoulder gently That's our favorite Shepherd, may I sing your praise within your house forever, within your house forever. One, two, three. By the cross you came and broke them down You broke them down There were chains around us And by your grace we are no longer bound No longer bound You call me out of the grave You call me into the light You call my name and then my heart came alive Your love is greater is 
Welcome. Welcome to our living room and congrats, grads. We celebrate you and your accomplishment today. We also celebrate today a very somber, serious day because tomorrow is Memorial Day. And we need to pause and acknowledge and remember those who paid for our freedom with their lives, as well as remembering their families. So I'd like to show you a short video so that it will help us to remember so that we never forget. So watch this video with me. Well, as, as we were reminded, freedom is not free. Your freedom from the penalty of sin, the eternal penalty of sin, condemnation and judgment, your freedom to have a relationship now and forever was won by Jesus, bought and paid for by Jesus. And your freedom to live and work and worship in this great country was won by those who paid the ultimate price and sacrificed their lives for your freedom. So never forget we will always remember. So thank you. As the grads celebrate one of the weirdest graduation times in recent history, what I'd like to say applies not only to them, but to every one of us who's been affected by this COVID-19 pandemic we're going through. I know there's a lot of information, there's a lot of disinformation, there's a lot of partial information. There's people on extremes, uh, on extreme ends of so many of the issues as well as anywhere in between. And there are also so many things that we can't do right now. Things uh, we love that have been hopefully only temporarily have been taken off the table for us. One thing has not been taken off the table. Actually, a lot of things haven't, haven't, but if you look at the positive instead of the negative, you'll see that a lot of things haven't. But one thing today I want to talk about has not been taken off the table. It's still on the table for us, and it's huge. We're in a series on Elijah. Last week, we talked about his great victory over the false prophets of Baal and Asherah on Mount Carmel. And the next thing that happens in the story is this. Remember that Elijah had predicted the drought to King Ahab in 1 Kings 17. This story is also mentioned not just in 1 Kings 17, but in James in the New Testament. In James 5.17, it says this. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Our story about this amazing prophet Elijah began in 1 Kings 17 with him praying that no rain would fall for the next few years, and at least until God said, and he prayed for it, and God answered that. The next verse in James picks up the story actually in the same place we're going to be today in our story on Elijah. The Mount Carmel contest from last week was over. The very next thing we see, as James says, is James 5.18. Again, he prayed. Again, Elijah prayed. And the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crop. You see, those are some pretty bold prayers. And you think, I could never pray that kind of a bold, effective prayer. I mean, that's, that's huge. That's what I'd like to talk about for a few minutes today from God's word. Bold, effective prayer. 
Remember I said one big thing hasn't taken hasn't been taken off the table during this like stay-at-home pandemic crazy time? That thing is prayer. It doesn't matter what laws are passed. It doesn't matter what any government official says. They can't take that away. Elijah had predicted the drought to King Ahab. Now he tells the king there's going to be a heavy rain. And so Ahab's like riding down the mountain to celebrate the end of the drought, eating and drinking and stuff. But Elijah, when, when, when that happens, Elijah walks back up the mountain to pray for rain. In Hebrews 4.16, it says this, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So like Elijah, we have to come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. I'm going to read the story for you from Kings, uh, 1 Kings 18, and then I'd like to just share some truths from that passage for you. Ahab, as I said, rides off to celebrate the coming of the end of the drought, and here's where we find Elijah. In verse uh, 42, last part of verse 42 in 1 Kings 18, Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. And his servant went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times, Elijah said, go back. The seventh time, the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. He had him go back to the sea, go, go look at, at the Mediterranean. That's where the weather would roll in from. And he says, I see this on this Big sea, the cloud, size of a man's hand, kind of starting to rise. Um, if you will take this in today and apply it, I believe this message is so very timely for us right now. People are struggling for so many different reasons. And we see hope fading in so many different areas. I want to show you four nuggets out of this passage. And I believe if you'll get them, if you'll put them into practice right now, in the middle of all this weirdness, I believe it can change you. I believe that right in the middle of this crisis, you can find hope. You can find a new or a better relationship with that same God who provided miraculously for Elijah and answered his prayers. There are four very important things that we can learn from this. The qualities of Elijah's prayers are evidenced not just in, in what he said, but even more so on what he did because he applied it in what he did. So four qualities of effective prayer. That's what we're going to look at briefly today. Here's the first one. Effective prayers are humble prayers. Effective prayers are humble prayers. First Kings 18:42 it says this, Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. You see what Elijah did here? He knows that he needed to be alone with God and connect. Some have had a little bit extra time in recent weeks, I've heard. We here haven't been bored, but I think a lot of people, because of their particular situation, they haven't had a, a, a whole lot to do, and I'm wondering maybe if this is the thing that's kind of missing. See, what he does is Elijah practices social distancing, and he climbs to the top of a mountain. You can see him hiking there, you know. I don't know if he has his backpack and his hiking stick or whatever. He climbs to the top to connect with God. He wants to get alone with God. So he makes it to the top. And when he gets there, 
he falls down on his knees and he puts his face between his knees and he just sits there before a holy God. He humbly, he physically humbled himself. It's just a picture really of what's going on spiritually inside of him. He was spiritually humbled at that moment. He realized he couldn't bring the rain. He just told Ahab, remember Ahab and Jezebel, the ones trying to kill him? He just told them that it's going to rain, and he knew he couldn't bring the rain. He realized that he was small, insignificant. He was incapable of that. He knew he needed rain, but he knew he couldn't do it. And this humbling of himself was him really spiritually saying, God, I'm small. I'm inadequate. I can't do this. But God, you are big. And God, you are holy. And you are the sustainer and the creator. You're the healer and the provider. He humbled himself before God because he knew that he couldn't bring the rain. But he knew who could bring it. Humility is a huge thing. Huge thing that's missing from so much of our world, it seems. I can't stress how important this is. How important humility is. We've talked about this before. It's, humility is not just thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. It, it's focusing on God and others more. Our, our James, actually, we're going to weave James throughout this. In James 4, verses 6 and verses 10, let's look at what it says. James says this, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, verse 10, before the Lord, and he will lift you up. See, if your life and your prayers don't start with humility, neither one will be as effective. It's that simple. You want God's grace? You want to be lifted up by God? Humility is the only way. Humble yourself before God. So effective prayers are humble prayers. That's number one. Number two, effective prayers are specific prayers. They're specific prayers. So often in our prayers, we're kind of ambiguous, you know, generic, just kind of general in our prayers. God bless them, you know, God be with us, you know, uh, keep us safe, whatever. Elijah is very specific. He knew exactly what he wanted. <laughs> he wanted rain. It had been three and a half years and it's time. In 1 Kings 18, 43, after he prays, and he's, he's doing this on and off, after he prays, he goes to his servant, verse 43, and says, go, go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There is nothing there, he said. He's like, okay, so now I prayed, go look at the sea. He's being very specific here. And he went and looked, and there's nothing there. But he was specific and he wanted, in what he wanted to ask God for. He's, a, he's, he's specific in that. And again from James, a very simple verse that says so much. James 4.2 says this, You do not have because you do not ask God. I mean, how simple is that? We kind of drive right past that verse, don't we? We forget about it because we get busy. And he says, you don't have because you don't ask God. You don't have because you don't ask him. We have to become a group of people that will humble ourselves before God and then come to him without shame, with boldness and courage, praying a specific prayer that God would move and that God would work. 
So first, effective prayers are humble prayers. Then effective prayers are specific prayers. And number three, effective prayers are persistent prayers. They're persistent prayers. So Elijah, he's humbled, him, he's humbled himself. He's prayed a very specific prayer. He said, God, you told me to do this. Only you can do this. I'm praying to you for the rain. And now he says this, go and look toward the sea, he told the servants. And he went up and looked. And the servant, remember, he said, there is nothing there. But look what, look what he says. Seven times Elijah said, go back. Go look again. The servant was obedient. So Elijah prays. He humbles himself before God. He prays specifically. And when nothing happens, he doesn't do what so many of us do. You know, this prayer thing doesn't work. I tried that. Doesn't work for me. God's not interested in, in me. He's not interested in my stuff. Here's what we've got to understand. Elijah doesn't allow the outward circumstances of what's going on to affect his inward assurance. He knows what God told him. He knows what he's supposed to pray for. He knows God wants the rain to start. He knows he's the one who's supposed to ask God for this. He humbles himself. He prays specifically, and he doesn't give up. James again from the New Testament, this is an older translation. This is actually the translation I memorized this verse in. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. You see, keep asking. That's the key. When it's not selfish, when you know it's what God wants and not just what you want, when God has laid it on your heart, Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep going boldly to the throne of a gracious God. So many times when we're down in the dumps, when we feel like God's not moving and he's not working, we need to write that verse on our heart. Because when we're persistent in our prayer, that's when we see God move. That's when we see God work. So here's my question for you. What have you quit praying for that you need to start praying for again? Maybe it's your marriage. You haven't seen much movement, so you kind of quit praying. Maybe it's for a job, but you've kind of grown tired and weary in the search. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe it's for someone in your family that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, and it's been years, and you've just kind of given up on it. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So first, effective prayers are humble prayers. And then effective prayers are specific prayers. And third, effective prayers are persistent prayers. And then number four, effective prayers are expectant prayers. They're expectant prayers. I love this last one. Elijah tells his servant, go and look towards the sea. Nothing. You know, go look again. Nothing. Go look again. Nothing. Seven times. Don't give up. Look what happens in verse 44. The seventh time the servant reported a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. And I want you to look at Elijah's response to that answer. So Elijah said, go tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot, go down before the rain stops you. Now, here's what the servant didn't say. 
Elijah, there's a massive monsoon thunderstorm, hurricane brewing. This is going to all flood us out. That's not what he said. He said, there's a little cloud, but the size of a man's hand, maybe. And what does Elijah do? Elijah jumps. Oh, man, it's coming. We got to get moving fast. Ahab, you better get down the mountain because there's a little cloud the size of a man's hand. And I think that's crazy. It's ridiculous. If that would have been me, I would have been like, all right, cool, little cloud. Maybe we need to, you know, get the weather app out, check the radar and see what are the chances of rain, right? Because all I'm seeing is this little teeny cloud down there. Now, me, I usually feel the rain first before anyone else. I know it's raining. I'm not sure why I feel the rain first. It's, it's a mystery to me. Um, but I might have waited to feel the rain before I jumped in and had the king and everybody else moving and, and shaking, but not Elijah, because Elijah was expectant. He puts it all on the line, puts it all into play. He is all in on the belief that God was going to move and do the miraculous. You can see the anticipation building. You can almost feel the electricity in the air as, as it starts to change. Look what it says in the next verse. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose. A heavy rain came on and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. Verse 46, the power of the Lord came upon Elijah. And what happens next is pretty cool, but you're going to have to wait for that. But let me tell you this today. God answers prayers. He answered Elijah's prayer and he sent rain. And it was incredible how it happened. God moves supernaturally on behalf of his people. We even see changes in the last couple days in our present situation and the whole thing about churches maybe being able to start meeting again. And we're seeing those things in answers to prayers. People are praying for those in government or people are praying for God to show up um, and show off. Now, we understand that as of today, there are uh, some new guidelines for churches coming back together to worship in person. We are, as we have been all along, praying through the situation, humbly, specifically, persistently, and expectantly, by the way, evaluating the guidelines, making the best determinations based on the best information, all the while being guided by love, and we will continue to do that as we as leaders meet and work on plans to move ahead. Know that from the beginning, we have prayed through and thought through and worked through most, if not all of the ideas and options and different suggestions. There are many things to consider. Planning for a group our size to safely meet again, keeping in mind the safety of the community, the church family, the staff, the volunteers. During this time of social distancing, here's what I want you to remember. Don't distance yourself from God. It's not about coming to a church building. Is that a good thing? Absolutely, and we can't wait to be together again. But don't distance yourself from God. He's right there. Come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. And pray for us. 
as leaders and pray with us that we would follow hard after God, that we wouldn't do what we want, that we wouldn't do what you want, that we would do what God wants, because that's what he will bless. So I'm, let, me, let me pray. Let me just pray. God, I ask that you would move us, that you would stir us as a people, as a church, that you would change us, Lord. Help us to pray humbly. Help us to pray specifically. Help us to pray persistently and expectantly for your will, for what you would have, because we know that's what we need. And God, I know there are many gathering with us online right now that have never come into that personal relationship with you through Jesus. They've never experienced that freedom. They've never experienced the forgiveness from all of their past or the meaning and purpose that can come in life as a result of that relationship with you. They've never experienced that living hope for a future. And I would say to you today, if that's you, you're not with us by accident. God is pursuing you. He loves you. Jesus came and died for you so you could have forgiveness and a relationship with him. If that's what your heart is crying out for, in simple faith, just pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I need you. I need you to save me. Change me. Come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, there'll be a, a, a slide that comes up at the very end that will have an email address on it that says fresh start at journeynorthchurch.com. We would love to have you email us. Let us know that you prayed that prayer. We're in this together. We want to take this journey with you. Um, we want to help in any way that we can. If you need a Bible, we'll get you a Bible. We want to make sure that we can um, take this next step with you couple reminders before we go. Please take our survey about reopening. It's on the why, W-H-Y, like why, the why page. And um, if you want to be a leader of one of the microsites, at the bottom of the ministries page. So it's journeynorthchurch.com backslash why and journeynorthchurch.com backslash ministries. Or you can just go to the tab at the top. It says about in the menu and click Y or ministries. So I would say do that. We're getting a lot of responses in. It's going to really help to know where everybody's at. And I would say keep praying humbly, specifically, persistently, and expectantly. Expect God to move. And we will rejoice together when we see that he's the one who did it. So thank you. Have a safe and happy Memorial Day, and we love you and can't wait to get together with you in person. Thanks for joining us online today. Take some time and fill out the Return to In-Person Gathering Survey that you will find at journeynorthchurch.com slash why. Have a great week.